Corinthians chapter 3, and we're going to continue, uh, continue in our, our studies here in the, in the book of James, and uh, what, a, what a blessed passage here, very important uh, section of scripture. Had a tremendous blessing uh, last night, uh, had the privilege of uh, traveling to Farmington, Brother Ian Corley uh, was ordained last night, and uh, there were uh, quite a few pastors from around the state of New Mexico that uh, uh, they came and participated in the ordination service, and uh, just a tremendous, tremendous uh, service, um, uh, just uh, hearing the answers uh, doctrinally as all the pastors questioned uh, Brother Ian Corley, and uh, he's gone to Delta, uh, Colorado Planting a Church, and we have had the privilege of supporting uh, supporting that uh, that ministry, and uh, God is really doing a great uh, great work there in in Delta. But uh, my heart was so blessed uh, just to hear uh, the uh, the testimony of Brother Ian, his wife, and uh, and to see that God is raising up some quality uh, young men still and uh, blessed. Uh, he's really solid as far as the King James uh, Bible and understands the principles behind it. He's very solid. Uh, concerning music, he's very solid about the local church and back believes just what we believe and what we teach and what we preached and such a blessing to see God raising up uh, laborers for the harvest and uh, just at witnessing that last night. My prayer is that uh, we can see more of that, uh, just uh, that God would raise up preachers and missionaries and, and uh, raise up laborers for the harvest field and such a need for that today. Uh, across America and uh, that within our churches today that God would call uh, call men and, and families uh, to the gospel ministry. Uh, James chapter 3, we're going to be at the end of the chapter. If you'll stand with me, if you're able to this evening. And I want to pick up at verse number, uh, well, let's pick up at verse number 13. And, um, and then we'll come back again, give the context. We've been preaching through this section. But uh, verse 13 says, who is a wise man? And endued with knowledge among you, let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not, lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy, and the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. And uh, there's really a, a neat conclusion to what we've been dealing with concerning the tongue and uh, just uh, what, a, what a testimony uh, that we have. And uh, we're going to give a challenge here, just putting your words to the test. And if you can look back over your words, over your attitudes with the words, over the spirit of your words, uh, look back uh, over the past month, uh, what do your words tell you about your life and your heart? And your words give a good revelation of, of your faith in Christ. Let's go to the Lord uh, this evening. Father, we thank you. Thank you for the privilege again to be in this place and to open up your word and Lord, thank you for each one that is here tonight, and we're just trusting, as always, that your word will never return void, and uh, Lord, we pray you'd be our guide, our teacher, that you'd be the, the very center of our thoughts tonight. Uh, Lord, would you, uh, this area that we, that we talk about is an area that each and every one of us has to deal with, an area that uh, has to be brought under control of your spirit and how we must die 
And as Paul said, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And, and we recognize that for our words to honor you, it's got to be you living your life through us. Would you have your way in our hearts and lives tonight? We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And you may be seated here uh, this evening. And as we have expressed uh, uh, over and over through this uh, last couple of weeks, as we've gone through the book of James chapter 3, uh, dealing with the tongue and uh, that your words, your tongue, the spirit of your words uh, will uh, be a reflection of your heart. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh, the Bible tells us. And uh, that tongue, that uh, little bitty tongue in our mouth is such a powerful uh, little tool. It can be a blessing. It can be a cursing. And uh, the tongue is described in the first part of this uh, chapter as a match or a little fire that kindles a great matter. It's described as a, as a helm or the, the rudder of a ship that turns a great ship uh, many different directions. Uh, as we have seen, the, the power of this tongue in the, the book of uh, uh, Proverbs speaks much about the, the power of the tongue, uh, that our words can be as choice silver, but our words can also be as a curse. And uh, the Bible speaks in verses 7 and 8 here, uh, that the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil and uh, full of deadly poison. And uh, this tongue is just a powerful uh, vessel that no man can tame. And uh, as the Bible speaks there, your tongue is going to reveal your heart. And what's in your heart is what's going to come out of your words. And uh, your mouth should be a reflection of a saved heart, a relationship with Jesus Christ. Uh, but your mouth should be the reflection of a spirit-filled heart, uh, walking in the power of God's spirit. And we're going to see a little bit of that here this evening. Uh, your tongue can build faith or destroy faith. Remember the testimony of Joshua and Caleb. Uh, if God be for us, uh, basically, who can be against us? These giants are nothing. Uh, but the ten evil spies came back and destroyed the faith and uh, brought doubt upon the congregation. And your words can build faith. Your words can build doubt. Um, uh, your words can bring peace or bring strife. Your words can tell the truth. Your words can deceive. Uh, your words can build relationships or destroy relationships. Your words can quench strife or your words can be like adding wood or fuel to the fire. And uh, so a soft answer, the Bible says, turn it away wrath. And uh, that principle so often uh, needs to come into play in our lives and our responses to people. Uh, your tongue is going to reveal you and who you are. And uh, tonight what we're going to look at is, is putting this tongue to the test or putting your words to the test. I want you to go back to verse number 11, and uh, we're going to test the fountain here for just a moment tonight. And in verse number 11, it says, Doth a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Uh, the fountain uh, is the source of your words or the heart or what lies in the heart. Uh, the kind of water reveals the source. I remember so well the, we, uh, growing up, uh, we, had a, uh, we had a well that we watered the, uh, watered the crops with. And I, I loved to, to go out there as that nice, cool water is is being pumped out of the ground, and that water had to be the sweetest water. I could identify uh, with David, who spoke of that, uh, if I only had a drink from that, uh, that well from Bethlehem, if I only had a drink from that, and, and three brave men broke through and brought him that glass, that he, or that, uh, that drink of water that he poured out before the Lord. 
And I can identify with that, having grown up on the farm. I remember uh, that cold water coming up out of the ground that would flow through the irrigation ditches and, and so often just quenching my thirst from that, that sweet, sweet water uh, coming out of the ground. I, I'm thinking back to hiking up near Truchas, uh, Brother Louie, and, and as we got way back in there, the springs coming right out of the mountainside. And uh, wow, that water was delicious. And, and we would take our water bottles and uh, fill those water bottles uh, full of that cool spring water coming from Truchas. Then I remember working out on a natural gas pipeline company here in, in central New Mexico, out in the middle of nowhere. And uh, we had to uh, pipe water in there. The water that came from the well was, uh, it was very brackish. It smelled like sulfur, like rotten eggs. And uh, the taste of that water was terrible. And uh, had to, uh, there's a big water softener there on the, on the property uh, that they would have to add uh, salt to the water to soften the water and went through this long process. And uh, even then, the water was pretty terrible. It was hard to drink uh, there with it. Uh, and so the source of that water uh, comes from the fountain and the sweet water or the sweet fountain brings forth good water and the, and the foul water comes from the bad fountain. That's the description here. And so your words reveal the source. Well, let's, let's read uh, uh, verse number 13 through 15 again. And he says, Who is a wise man and a dude with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. But then notice the statement, If you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not, lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. So in verse number 13, he speaks of the wisdom that is from above and uh, a wise man endued with knowledge among you. And he shows that out of the words uh, of his life. And when, you're, when you walk with God, uh, when you know the Lord, uh, when you're filled with God's spirit, uh, your words, your actions are going to reveal this. Now, he speaks in this section of scripture about God's wisdom. And uh, God's wisdom ought to be reflected from our mouth. And God's wisdom, uh, it's looking at life from God's perspective. The wisdom of God comes from the Word of God. Uh, what would God have you to do in any given situation? How should you respond? Wisdom is the, the ability uh, to put into practice what you know. It's not what you know that matters, it's what you do of what you know. It's what you put into practice of the Word of God. It's the practicality of living the Christian life according to the principles of God's Word. And that's the wisdom that only God can give. I wanted, wanted to show you, and this is important, keep your place here in the book of James. I want you to go with me to, to Proverbs. And uh, Proverbs speaks so much of, um, of wisdom. And often in the book of Proverbs, there's the contrast between the wise man and the foolish man. And you can see this throughout the book of Proverbs. Uh, godly wisdom is crucial. And our hearts and our mouth is to be a reflection of this wisdom. Proverbs chapter 1, let's just read some verses tonight. And uh, you can come back to these and study them. Uh, you'll see over and over in the book of Proverbs, we're just going to get a, a small portion. Proverbs 1, verse number 1, the Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, the king of Israel. To know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, judgment, equity, to give subtlety to the simple, to the young man knowledge and discretion, 
a wise man, he says, will hear and will increase learning, and a man of understanding shall attain to wise counsels. And verse number 7, a very important verse here, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. And so our, our mouths should reflect this wisdom that is from above, that comes from God. Proverbs 2 and verse number 1. He says, My son, if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee, so that thou incline thine ear to wisdom and apply thine heart to understanding, yea, if thou criest after knowledge, liftest up the voice for understanding. If thou seekest her as silver and searchest for her as for hid treasures. Let me just point out, if I said to you that somewhere in this building uh, was a million dollars worth of gold or silver, uh, and whoever found it tonight would be the owner of that gold or silver, uh, this place would go crazy after a period of time. And we would say, on your mark, get set, go, and uh, you go hunt it down. Well, the Bible says we ought to search the Word of God, and we ought to search for God's wisdom as if we were to search for gold or silver. In fact, it's more valuable to you than gold or silver. Many people have won a lottery, but they didn't have the wisdom to use what they won. And soon they lost it all. I heard about a guy that, uh, uh, that was gambling, and uh, he was at a casino. And this was a true story. And by the way, a casino is simply, uh, or somebody can't do math, because you're going to pay more than you're going to gain. And he wanted big at this uh, casino. And then he went back, uh, and he lost money and lost money. And soon he was in heavy, heavy debt uh, over all, all of this. And he just didn't have the wisdom to use even what he had gained. And so wisdom, you search for it as for hid treasures. He said in verse 5, Then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord, and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord giveth wisdom out of his mouth, cometh knowledge and understanding. He layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous. He is a buckler to them that walk uprightly. And I would just point out to you that when you meditate on the word of God, and the word of God is on your heart and on your mind, it's going to come out of your words. It's going to be reflected by your mouth. It's going to be an expression of your life. Go to Proverbs 4. and Proverbs 4, verse number 5, he tells us, Get wisdom, get understanding, forget it not, neither decline from, uh, from the words of my mouth. Forsake her not, she shall preserve thee. Love her, she shall keep thee. Wisdom is the principal thing. Now, therefore, get wisdom with all thy getting. Get understanding. Exalt her, she shall promote thee. She shall bring thee to honor when thou dost embrace her. This is the promise that God gives to those that gain wisdom. She shall give to thine head an ornament of grace, a crown of glory shall she deliver to thee. Uh, it was many, many years ago. We had an, an older preacher that was with us, and he did a missions conference, and I got to spend a lot of time with him, and uh, I asked him a few questions. And one of the questions I asked him, I said, uh, if you could go back to my age, and you, and at that time, I was just uh, starting here as the pastor, if you could go back to my age and, and start all over again, what would you tell me to do? And he said, what I would do is I would get into the Word of God. And I would memorize the word of God. I would meditate upon the word of God. I would, I would fill my heart and my soul with God's word. And I would make the word of God central to my life. And, and uh, then let that word of God that, uh, that you have hid in your heart uh, flow forth to the people that God has given you to pastor. And, and he was such a blessing uh, to me just to hear that. He's with the Lord now. And, uh, but what a blessing, his wisdom, words of wisdom. Go with me to Proverbs 23. Proverbs 23, and notice again the words of, of this father. He's teaching his son 
wisdom. Uh, Proverbs chapter 23, verse number 19. Uh, Proverbs 23, verse number 19. Hear thou, my son, and be wise. Guide thine heart in the way. Be not among wine-bibbers, among riotous eaters of flesh. For the drunkard, the glutton, shall come to poverty. Drowsiness shall clothe the man with rags. Hearken to thy father that beget thee. Despise not thy mother when she is old. By the truth, sell it not. Also wisdom and instruction and understanding. The father of the righteous shall greatly rejoice. He that begetteth a wise child shall have joy of him. Now just showing to us here, out of the book of Proverbs, the importance of wisdom. And this godly wisdom is a fountain. And when we bathe our hearts and our minds with the wisdom that comes from God and God's word, and this becomes our life, and we meditate upon this, the wisdom of God will come forth, and it will be reflected in our words and in our actions. Go back to James chapter 3 with me. James chapter 3. This is the the good fountain uh, that brings forth wisdom, the wisdom of God. Uh, But in verses 14 and 15, he mentions ungodly wisdom. He says, but if you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not, lie not against the truth. Notice this, this wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. In verse number 14, he's he's telling us, "Don't, don't deceive yourselves. Lie not against the truth. If your heart and your words are filled with bitterness and anger, envious, strife, striving words, deceitful words. What he said, that doesn't come from God. You didn't get that from God. Uh, Anger's not from God. Okay, envying, strife, it's not coming from God. He said, this is earthly, uh, worldly. He tells us, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. He talks about worldly wisdom in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and A lot of people that have much knowledge and uh, yet they don't have common sense. They don't have biblical wisdom, uh, biblical guidance. Uh, There are a lot of people that have the education of the world, uh, but God has not chosen the wise things of this world. In fact, he's chosen the foolish things uh, of the Lord that would confound the wise of this world, the Bible tells us. See, the wisdom that is of this world, it's earthly, it's sensual, it's it's carnal. You're going to see that. Here in just a moment, it's, it's devilish. It, it doesn't come from God. Now, what do your words say about the source? If the source is coming from God, uh, it's going to be honoring to the Lord. Uh, if your words are not honoring the Lord, the attitude of the words are not honoring the Lord, don't deceive yourself. Uh, the fountain is wrong. Something's got to be changed. What do your words say about the fountain? Now, go with me to the book of Galatians chapter 5. I think this fits very well right here. When he talks about the difference between walking in the flesh and walking in the spirit. Galatians chapter number 5. And let's pick up here in the middle of the chapter in verse number 16. Well, let's go back a little bit in Galatians chapter 5. Go to verse 13. He says, for brethren, you have been called into liberty, only use not the liberty, or use liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. For all the laws fulfilled in one word, even this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. But notice this, if you bite and devour one another, take heed that you be not consumed one of another. This I say then, walk in the spirit, 
you shall not fill, fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, the spirit against the flesh. These are contrary, the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. If you be led of the spirit, you're not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft. Notice this, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like of the which I tell you before, as I've told you in time past, they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Uh, he's saying these are the words of lost people, and that ought not be the case with God's people. If we're walking in this carnal lifestyle, uh, that's earthly, that's sensual, that's devilish, that's not of the Lord. We need not to deceive ourselves with this. He goes on to say, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. I believe we're going to give an account for every idle word that is spoken before the Lord. And here God tells us there's this contrast whether we walk in the carnal flesh or we're walking in the power of the Spirit. And your words are going to be a reflection of that. If there's anger and strife and gossip and wrath and all of this hatred coming forth, that's not from God is what he's expressing. And that's of this earth and that's devilish. Uh, the words of the Lord, and we'll get into that in just a moment as we test the fountain. Uh, the words of the Lord are going to be from a different source, a different fountain, reflecting a spirit-filled life, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. So there's testing the fountain. It's the source. Now go back with me to James chapter 3 and testing the fruits. And there's a contrast uh, in the fruit that is produced by spirit-led words and carnal words. Uh, again, look at verse number, uh, James chapter 3, look at verse number 12. And in verse number 12, Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either a vine figs, so can no fountain both yield salt, water, and fresh? And so you know uh, a tree by the type of fruit produced by that tree. There's a contrast in the fruit produced by spirit-led words, by carnal words. And you'll see this contrast laid forth before us in verses 16 through 18. Look in verse 16, here's the fruits of the flesh. He said, for where envying and strife is, there is confusion in every evil work. Envy, jealousy over prosperity or success of another. How many times does... Somebody get jealous of another, and they will then begin to gossip, or they'll say something mean behind the back of another. And it's a reflection of a heart that's not right with God. It's a reflection of a carnal heart. Uh, he says, uh, mentions strife, uh, pride promotes self, and only by pride cometh contention. In the church in Corinth, there was strife within the church, and there was pride at the heart of it. And I am a Paul, I am of Apollos, I am of Cephas, and and there's that pride that's at the center of it. And then there were the apostles that strove uh, with one another who, who, over who would be the greatest in the kingdom. And uh, the Lord is expressing here where envying and strife is. He goes on to say there is confusion. Uh, when words are guided by the flesh, we say things we shouldn't say. How many of you have ever said something that you shouldn't have said? 
See, that didn't come from God, did it? That's earthly. That's sensual. That's devilish. We've spoken words that uh, we later, we wish we could take it back. Uh, wrong words are going to hurt feelings. Uh, wrong words can destroy the confidence of another. I remember very well a mother that was constantly putting down her son, just constantly. And you could just see uh, the face of that boy as this mother, right in his very presence, would put him down and just make little of him and uh, tell what a bad boy he was and all the bad things he's done. And uh, that uh, little boy grew up and lived down to what his mother had expressed. And that's so often the case. Uh, words are powerful. You can destroy confidence. You can ba- break relationships uh, with the wrong words. Uh, you know, sometimes uh, you know, somebody comes to you. I'm just use this for an illustration. If, uh, if Brother Jason comes to me and he says something uh, bad about Brother Randy, I don't need to run off to Brother Randy and say, Brother Randy, you know what Brother Jason's saying about you? No, he says something bad about Brother Randy. I can say, you know, Brother Randy's a good, good guy. You know, he loves the Lord. I, I've had preachers do this. I've had to stand up for preachers before other preachers and uh, just uh, say, say some positive words. You can uh, have power with your words, uh, but wrong words can destroy relationships. Notice also, he says there's confusion every evil work. When the world and the flesh and the devil are in control, there's all kinds of wicked things that happen. See, the devil is the author of confusion. That's not of the Lord. He says there's confusion. There's every evil work. His homes are torn and relationships are broken and churches are divided and damage is done. It's like a volcano. And, uh, you know, that volcano, it, it begins to build up and build up steam until it blows its top. And uh, how often does it start at the bottom of your foot and that anger begins to work up and it works all the way up and finally it gets to the top of your head and boom, you blow the top and you say things and then the lava gets all over everything and makes great destruction and great damage. And that's the power of the words and uh, that fruit of uh, of words that come from a heart, from a fountain that's corrupt. Uh, but notice the, the fruit of the Spirit in verse 17. He says, but the wisdom that is from above is first pure and peaceable and gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy, good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. Let's go back and, and look at a few of those, those words in verse 17. Uh, the wisdom that is from above, it's, it's pure. We mentioned God's wisdom from Proverbs chapter uh, 1 and 2 and 3, and we read chapter 4. And, and uh, that wisdom that comes from above, it's, it's pure. It's holy, uh, free from defilement. Uh, in the wisdom that comes from above, there is the desire to please the Lord and to honor the Lord. We ought to have that desire, the purity of our words, a desire that every word would be an honor to the Lord Jesus Christ. And we ought to test those words. Do do the words that I say honor the Lord? Uh, I'm going to give an account for those words one day, and whether we think about it or not, every word that we speak, the Lord knows those words even before we speak them. And do those words honor the Lord? Husbands, uh, the words that you speak to your wives. Are you honoring the Lord? Uh, parents to your children, are you honoring the Lord with those words, the words that we speak to each other as brothers and sisters in Christ? Are we encouraging each other? Are we building up faith? The Bible says uh, 
uh, that we are to provoke one another to love and to good works. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. And so those words are very accountable uh, to the Lord. Uh, he says the wisdom that is from above, it's, it's pure. Uh, test your words. Are your words pure? Uh, they're peaceable. See, God's wisdom leads to peace through truth. Now, if the church is pure, if the church is pure in life and the church is pure in doctrine and your heart is pure, it's going to lead to this peace that God has promised. The, the wisdom, it's pure, it's peaceable, it's gentle. Uh, how about your works? Uh, have they been gentle? Uh, somebody described this as moderation without compromise, gentleness without weakness, meekness in verse 13, meekness of wisdom. Like a well-trained horse, uh, it's power under control. Uh, you brought the words that you speak under the control of God's Spirit, uh, led of the Lord, led by the Holy Spirit of God, under the control. Uh, there's great power in the words that you speak. A, a horse has great power. Uh, a horse that is not trained, words that are not led of the Spirit of God, uh, have the power of destruction, but uh, a horse under the power uh, of an owner and you, under the power of the Holy Spirit of God, can speak powerful words that have great impact upon the lives of others. It's gentle, easy to be entreated, not stubborn. You ever been stubborn in, in your relationships, husbands and wives, uh, uh, stubborn uh, children? You ever stubborn in that relationship? Uh, it's easy to be entreated. Uh, that means uh, it, it's not hard to approach. Uh, you can disagree without being disagreeable is a good way to put that. Uh, willing to listen. The Bible says we to be, we're to be slow to speak and, and quick to listen in James chapter 1, verse number 19. Uh, willing to listen, willing to think, uh, willing to pray, and then willing to be obedient unto the Lord and His direction. Full of mercy. Uh, are your words full of mercy? Controlled by mercy? Think about God's mercy to you. Aren't you grateful that the Lord has been merciful? See, so often we want God's mercy, but we don't want to give God's mercy to others. Uh, good fruits. Uh, again, we mentioned the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Do your words reflect the fruit of the Spirit? Uh, the fruits of John chapter 15, the fruits of abiding in Christ. Uh, do others see you walking with Jesus? by the words that you speak, abiding in the Lord. Without partiality, the Bible mentions here, uh, God's wisdom helps us to see from God's perspective. Uh, we make judgments based upon the word of God in accordance with God's word, not in accordance with the flesh, and uh, judgment based upon the truth of God's word. Without hypocrisy, when God's wisdom is at work, there's, there's an openness, there's an honesty, we don't have to hide behind a mask. We don't have to pretend uh, to be what we aren't. We can speak the truth, and we can speak the truth in love you know, when led by the Lord Jesus Christ. In verse number 18, as he's talking about this fruit of our words, the fruits of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. See, a, a heart that is in tune with God and a heart led by God's Spirit one that's filled with the Spirit of God is going to be fruitful. Uh, not in yourself, but fruitful in the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, I believe when we're led of God's Spirit, uh, there will be peace in the home. And we can speak peace at work. And we can have peace in our relationships 
within the church. Again, putting the words to the test. That this, I mean, this gets right down to where we live, doesn't it? And uh, I wished I could say that I have been perfect in this area, but I haven't been perfect. I'm far from being perfect, and to me, it's a testimony as to when my flesh takes over and when I'm led of the Spirit and when I find my words are not under the control of God's Spirit. When my words get out of control or my spirit gets out of control, uh, the problem is I'm not being led and yielded to the Spirit of God. And uh, the carnal mind is at enmity with God. And uh, there's no good thing in our flesh. Uh, Our flesh uh, is corrupt to the very core. And all of us have that old flesh, and uh, you're never going to get rid of that old flesh. Uh, The way you overcome that old flesh is you feed the spiritual life, and that's where you get the wisdom that comes from God's Word, and you grow in that spiritual life. Let's go back, verse number 11, as we put the words to the test. Doth the fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? And at verse 12, he says, "So, so can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh. So testing the fountain. Okay, are the words salty words? Are they fresh, sweet words that honor the Lord Jesus Christ? And then testing the fruits in verse number 12, can the fig tree, my brethren, he says, bear olive berries, either a vine, figs. So test the fruits in verse number 16, envying and strife, there's confusion, every evil word. But the wisdom from above is first pure, peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy, good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. And so he puts it very clearly for us. This tongue is a powerful thing, just a small little thing in the mouth. No man can tame it. The only way you can bring it is under the control of God's spirit and being filled with God's spirit. And again, I... I would quote, as Paul the Apostle said, I'm crucified with Christ, and that's the only thing that's going to bring about good works, is to be dead to yourself, crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth through me. And that's where the words will begin to honor the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Let's bow our heads tonight, and let's go to the Lord.